Louise McSharry on 2FM. It's time for How to Be an Adult. And if you listen regularly, you know the drill. It's basically a slot where we talk about the things that you feel like you should know. You should have picked up the knowledge at some stage. You should know how to manage these situations. But maybe you just don't. And so there are no stupid questions here, no bad questions here. And the lines are open. 51552 is the number to text. You can email us as well, louise at rt.ie. And today we thought it was definitely an appropriate time to talk about parenting and about kids because of course it is back to school time and uh, my own son started junior infants this week uh, it was great but it doesn't always go well and sometimes it can be very anxious sometimes you're the anxious one and sometimes your child is the anxious one so today we're lucky enough to be joined by Dr. Mally Coyne who is clinical psychologist and the author of Love In Love Out a compassionate approach to parenting your anxious child hello Mally thank you Good so much morning. for being How are you, here Louise? I am well and as I was saying to you there I feel very lucky because Sam is like super social my my nearly five-year-old and he started school on Wednesday and he was really excited about it and he went in no problem the second day he literally did not turn his head to look at me as he said goodbye (laughs) day three again similar um he's been so blasé about it that actually our our stress is and anxiety is around not getting any information from him yeah um and I suppose that that's a legitimate thing as well I suppose yeah yeah, and I think it's great that it went so well for him. And I, and I suppose parents are the ones who like place all this kind of importance, you know, yeah. your, your first child going to primary school for the first time. And then we are living in a world, you know, where there's a lot of threat around us still. Yeah. And I was thinking there, we were just talking off air before we started. I think one really nice way of, because whenever I ask my kids, because I've got a nearly eight and nearly 10 year old, like, how was your day? They'll never really give me an answer. It's been no. like, fine, whatever. So what I say to them is, uh, can you tell me two lies and one truth about today? Oh, very and good. And then suddenly it becomes like a playful thing where they're like trying to make up a, a really, you know, cool lie or whatever. And yeah. then you're at least getting some information about did they go to the toilet today yeah. or did they who did they play with? You get a little bit more info. But it's yeah. great that he got on so well. Yeah, I mean, I feel very lucky, but it, it was funny, you know, we're in that also, you know, new thing, which I know all parents will know where you're kind of standing with these other adults Mm. especially because of COVID you're standing outside waiting together and um, you know that seemed to be a mutual thing that everybody was kind of saying you know you can't really get any information and because you know we are in a particularly challenging time as as parents as you mentioned because of COVID and you know you can't go in and you know you can't see the classroom you can't you know my son has started a new after after school service as well and I got to have a look like a look in from the doorway but that's it and you don't really know the people there's a lot of unknowns for parents and for children. Yeah I think that's really hard and I think that that started like last year for parents where you know usually like when I brought my kids into junior infants we brought them into the classroom We, you know, we were able to hang up their coats with them, sit with them, you know, kind of really. But in a way, I, I think that for kids who are anxious, I think it's better this way right. in a way. And I think teachers are probably relieved as well because they feel like once, you know, if the parent comes into the classroom with the kid and the kid, the child might be a bit anxious or else the parent is anxious. It's really that separation is harder in the classroom sometimes yeah. than, at, than at the door. But yeah. I can understand that for a lot of parents... It is hard to just leave your child at the school gate or at the at the door. But, you know, just to be reassured that teachers have this in hand. They yeah. really know how to manage it. And we've been dealing with like restrictions for the last, I don't know how long. So they do know how to keep your kids safe as 
well. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because my husband was saying that he remembers, and now obviously this was not recently, mm. but he remembers his junior infants teacher locking the classroom door so the kids couldn't run out. Oh my God. <laughs> they were so upset on the first day. And I was like, wow, that's uh, not appropriate. No. But, um, you know, things really have changed. And, and you know, these days I asked my son, you know, was anyone upset today? And yeah. he said, no. Really? Yeah, which I think probably stands to what you mentioned there. That yeah. that well, there's a couple of things. I suppose most kids have been to to preschool, so they're used to kind of you know being away from their parents for a certain section of the day. But it's still different. But also, I think you're probably right that like everyone's going in together. No one has their parents with them. They're all kind of going having the same moment at the same time. Yeah. No, I think it does because I suppose you know yourself like if a child a child will become more upset in the presence of their caregiver or their sure. parent. So it's like, you know, sometimes kids can keep their emotions in all day and then they explode when their parent come, you know, they they start crying when they see their parent or they get really excited or whatever. That is just completely normal. So I think for teachers, it's easier to just bring them all in at the same time. And the fact that the option isn't there now, because there were some parents probably who waited a bit too long in the classroom and it was really sure. hard then for the teacher to say, OK, go, go now. And then the parent might be finding a, a, a space where the child is distracted and then the parent would run off which I wouldn't recommend really I think it's really important to say to your child I'm leaving now I'll collect you at such a day at such a time and now you're with your class I think you know you want your child to be able to trust you but yeah it it is I wonder what's going to happen in the future like once all hopefully COVID will will end end. (laughs) but what will happen in future I think some of these practices will probably remain yeah. Yeah. Um, now, we've been talking, obviously, about kids who are starting school for the first time, but I suppose there's a different different area of anxiety and stress for older kids, maybe, who might be a bit more clued in in terms of, like, my son is aware of the virus, but he's not scared of the virus, yeah. you know? Whereas there might be some older children who do have a bit of that fear and stress after being home for the summer, um, going back to school. Have you encountered much of that? Yeah, I think, you know, we encounter, like, as a psychologist, back to school anxiety happens every year. Yeah. But I think in the last... last Last year and this year, very much so. Like we've been living with this like threat all around us for like 18, 19 months. And there's like 15% of children and adults, one five. And I was one of them as well. So that's kind of why I wrote my book. But, you know, I have have a more anxious disposition. Right. So it means that like we our brains attune more to threat. So if there's like a virus around or like, you know, you you, even if there's like a spider in the room or anything like that, you're immediately like attuned to it. So I think... Kids are struggling, some kids are struggling with back to school anxiety at the moment because of the virus and safety, but also just because they've been at home with their parents over the summer. A lot of them have been doing online learning, have been at home so much more in the last like 18 months. And I think for a child with anxiety, it was like their dream to remain at home because they didn't, you know, facing their fears was so much harder. So definitely there is like a lot of parents have contacted me in the last couple of weeks with you know concerns about their children but a lot of the time I think it's about the ch- the parent being anxious as well about yeah. how their child is going to cope. And so that's a difficult one as well because obviously if you can see that your child you might be anxious yourself you might have that tendency toward an anxious disposition yeah. and then if you can see that your child is a bit anxious that might feed into your own anxiety and it I presume it can become a kind of self-fulfilling prophecy. So how do you as a parent try and help your child to feel more safe and more confident and less anxious about a situation if you're anxious yourself? 
Yeah, it's a really hard one. And like it's, you know, anxiety is contagious, like what you say, Louise, there. So like if you're anxious, then you're going to your child is looking to you for information about the world. Right. And if they're like attuned to threat and they see that their parent is also kind of feeling anxious and they can feel it in their parent. It's not just what the parent is saying, but they yeah. can just tell. Um, and that's why I came up with this safe approach in my book, which was kind of like the S is for self-care. So it's all about the parent tuning into how they're feeling before they react to their child. So when their child freezes and says, I don't want to go to school on whatever day, the, the parent tunes into how they're feeling. Yeah. Because if they tune in and if they kind of reflect on themselves and if they breathe, most importantly, and try to kind of be kind to themselves in that moment, then they're better able to kind of have that soothing presence for their yeah. children. It's putting yeah. your mask on, putting your oxygen mask totally. on before you put on your child's. Absolutely. And like that kind of, if you can remain that bit calmer, and I suppose knowing that anxiety is like a wave and it's a normal emotion, it's an mm -hmm. okay emotion. Some of us are just more anxious than others. And then A is for anchoring, which is all this idea of like when kids are in fight or flight mode, you know, when they have... They're, they're freaking out. They have adrenaline running through their bodies. And yeah, breathing really helps. And that's one thing. But with with younger kids, you can help them by like getting them to shake the anxiety out. Yeah. Um, doing jumping jacks, breathing like a dragon where they imagine like their breath like fire. Um, you can get them to like if a child is freezing, there's like the five, four, three, two, one grounding where you can get them to like uh, name five things they can hear, four things they can see. And then like a little sensory box of toys on the way to school or get them to bring like something squishy in their bags that they yeah. can, you know, that kind of helps to just unwind and, and bring some playfulness to it because play is the opposite of fear. And then feeling felt is the F, which is like validating your child and saying, you know, you're feeling, you know, you know, like children who have like and, and adults who are anxious, they might say, oh, school's going to be terrible. I won't have any friends. Mm. So you kind of want to say to them rather than, oh, you have loads of friends and you'll be fine. Yeah. You kind of say... Okay, well, tell me a little bit more about that. And obviously, if you're cooking the dinner and you're not in the space that you can do it, you can say, I want to talk about that later and do talk about it and say, you know, um, tell me a little bit more about how you feel. And, you know, is it all is it like everything about school you don't like or is it what particular aspect? And you're kind of helping them to feel like you're acknowledging where they're at rather yeah. than saying they're not feeling it. And then empowerment is all about just kind of trying to find problem solving ways once they're back in their rational brain because they can't compute rational when they're feeling very anxious mm. and then trying to figure out what what might make it easier for you to start school on Monday you know yeah. like if we had everything prepared your bag prepared if we had a play day at the weekend with someone or like a call with someone you know or you know just like trying to problem solve it with them but yeah. like uh, anxiety is kind of made worse by avoiding situations so you're really trying to get them to face their fears in very small ways yeah well I think that those are already some really great tips mm -hmm. um, and we have some questions coming in for you cool. so 51552 is the number to text as I said you can email as well louise at rte.ie and um, we are going to have your answers mm -hmm. after this Louise McSherry on 2FM what a tune that is Alexis Jordan and 
and happiness on 2FM. I heard that on TikTok during the week and I was like, I've got to play that on the show. What a joyful song. We are in the middle of How to Be an Adult and we are talking parenting today. And uh, we're talking specifically about going back to school and some of the anxiety that that can provoke for both parents, as we've said, and of course for children as well. And we are fortunate enough to be joined by Dr. Mally Coyne, who is a clinical psychologist and the author of Love In, Love Out, A Compassionate Approach to Parenting Your Anxious Child. Now, Mally, we've loads of questions, so Mm -hmm. I think we better just get stuck in. Um, So first one says, I'm finding my child has developed what I deem is bratty behaviour. My partner says she's just being five. Every day I hear, I don't have any toys. This house is boring. I have nothing, despite the house falling down with toys. The garden kitted out like a playground and both her father and I playing with her. She seems to be constantly giving it and whining. I tried to pivot it and asked her if there was anything she did like or was happy about. And she said she liked her hair bobbin. I'm finding it hard to handle. Any tips? Yeah, I think, I mean, I, as, as a five-year-old, you know, kids are going to come out with stuff like that. I think, you know, you don't necessarily take it at face value either. And I think what's most important for this child is some is connection with you. And that's not to say you don't connect. Of course you do. But maybe you could introduce like, you know, 10 minutes of playtime three times a week or like, you know, every, you know, just where you totally tune in to her. I know it's hard for parents to do that in a busy time, you know, when, when they're busy. But I find, you know, as a psychologist that like if a parent introduces that little bit of play where they say to their kid, OK, 10 minutes, you get to choose what we play with for 10 minutes. We'll put a timer on. That can be so like she'll love just connecting with you on that yeah. level. You can also reduce the amount of toys maybe that are there and put some in the attic or under the bed or whatever so that there's not as much there. But I do think that connection with you that on and even if it's not playtime that you're like, I'll say to my kids, I'll watch this cookery program with you for so many minutes or whatever. Do yeah. you know that they have that bit of your attention? Yeah. That may be what she's craving. That's interesting because I really relate to that question. It's definitely a situation we have in our house. And um, recently I did a reorganization of the toys and all of a sudden toys that hadn't been played with it Mm. wasn't that they weren't there they were there the whole time but like toys that hadn't been played with or thought about were suddenly the big stars you know Um, and and even though I would say that we do play with them I think there's something in naming it maybe in saying this is your time yeah Um, yeah, okay I'll take that tip as well (laughs) what age does Mally think a child should start school my child is four years and eight months and she's starting and I'm worried it might be too much for her Yeah, I guess what I'd say to that parent is, why do you worry that it might be too much for her? I think I can't say a specific age. What I can say is if there's a four year old just turned four and they have significant other needs like speech needs or they still have issues with toileting or whatever, I would then recommend to the parent that they start at five, you know. Mm. But if they're four years, eight months and generally they're okay, I wonder is it the parents worry? What What is the parent worried about? I think generally speaking, the child should be okay at, at that age because they're like four and a half. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. OMG Louise, you're so lucky, says this person. I... I do know that. I want you to know I do know that. Uh, My little boy screamed the house down this week. I was doing my best to talk calmly and explain, but in the end I had to go with, this is happening, deal with it. Is there (laughs) one of those techniques I can do to keep my, to myself, to keep my cool for longer? (laughs) Botox face. (laughs) And basically that's like, I'm not suggesting, but I mean, if you want to get Botox do, but like um, just kind of pretending like everything is cool. But I think definitely taking a deep breath in through your nose and a deep breath out through your mouth and 
you know, it's okay. We all lose our cool as parents sometimes. You know, I think it's really important for us yeah. to, to realise that. And, you know, maybe with, with your child, getting them to like shake it out and do something playful with them. Because the second you introduce something playful with them, like let's just like jump around a little bit, you then get into more playful mode. Yeah. It's like if your kid says, oh, there's a monster in the room. Rather than saying there's no monster in the room, you kind of say, oh, let's try to find this monster or let's try to do something about that monster. Yeah. You're immediately dissipating that adrenaline for both of you. What about though, like I have had situations where, you know, my son might be refusing to do something. And if I suggest a different, you know, let's jump around or let's whatever. He is like, no. What do you do if your child is just absolutely refusing to do something that they have to do for their own good, whether it's like the doctor or school or whatever? Yeah, it's, that's a, it's a really hard one. I mean, sometimes when we have to get in the car and go, yeah. then, you know, we, we kind of have, have to, to get do in the it, car and right? go. Yeah. You know, that's what we have to do as parents. Um, but sometimes you can offer them like a choice and say, you either do it this way or you do it that way. Yeah. So that immediately they're kind of like, oh, I have a choice in the matter. You yeah. know, I'd sometimes, I always think, you know, give as many warnings as you can. So yeah. like, guys, we have to go in a few minutes, go to the toilet, put your shoes on. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's constantly going on in my house. Yeah, same. And they don't always go to the toilet no. and put their shoes on. <laughs> no. Why do they refuse I just to say go to me. the toilet? <laughs> I don't understand the yeah. toilet thing. Yeah. Not, he just waits. I'm like, just go. Until anyway. he's in the car, probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, now, uh, sorry if this isn't what you're talking about, says this person, but my son is going back to school this week. He's in second class and is excited about school, but dreading PE. What can I do to help him deal with this one class so it doesn't ruin his whole experience? Yeah, there I would unpack his worries and go, what is it about PE that you're dreading? You know, so rather than saying, oh, you'll be fine at PE, you did well last year, blah, blah, blah. Kind of saying, what is it about PE that you don't like? You may you may already know what that's about as a parent and trying to figure out what can you do to make that a bit easier. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, what is it? Is it that he feels that he's not as good as the other kids in it? Yeah. Um, you know, what is his discomfort with it? I would really try to unpack that and try to figure out what you can do, even if it's talking to the teacher. Yeah. It's not necessarily to get him out of that PE situation because obviously it's good for him. Yeah. But maybe kind of develop his skills outside of school for yeah. like, you know, maybe you can play a bit of football. What is he worried about? Yeah. And you can develop some of those skills outside. Yeah, it's so hard, I think, with with sports, because sometimes there is that feeling is, and I was saying to you, it's I definitely felt yeah. it when I was in school, that if you're not good at it, then it's an embarrassment, kind of. I was always the last to be picked on yeah, a team. It's like, oh, I'll just have her. And yeah. I'm like, oh, cheers. That's great. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I hope now that it's being recalibrated as like less competitive and more, you know, doing this is worthwhile. It's not so much about being good or winning or whatever, but actually just doing it is yeah. is great. It's just partaking in it. And yeah. I think that's really important. For, yeah. for us to know. This person says, uh, as a parent who has been through first days at school in Montessori, it is the parents who cause the first day issues by staying too long in the classroom on the first day, as you said. Yeah. They build it up too much and pass on their own anxieties to the child. Drop and go and assure your child on the way to school that you'll be waiting to pick them up. You have to let the child learn to cope. You can't do that for them, says this well, person. Well, that's brilliant advice. And the next one says, how do you help and encourage bravery and taking risks? My six-year-old is very reluctant to try new things in the playground at PE or gymnastics. I know some parents have the opposite issue with kids hurtling themselves down the stairs. How do I encourage her to be a little bit braver? 
like really small steps, you know, I suppose maybe ask yourself, first of all, how do you feel about her like climbing a climbing frame? And is there something in you that's reluctant for that? Mm. Is she detecting something from you? Um, but I think very small steps, you know, like my, you know, my kids are different in terms of bravery as well. Yeah. And I think every personality will be different. So kind of saying, look, you know, I'll, ha-, you know, the other day we were jumping off the pier in, in uh, or more and it was just like, well, you know, one one of my kids was like jumping off and the other one was just a bit more reluctant. So like, let's do this together. Yeah. We don't have to go from the top of the pier. We can go from here. And like we did this the last time and there is, you know, so kind of encouraging them. There's such a thing as a fear ladder where you kind of encourage them in small increments for something that they might be afraid of and really reward their behavior when they've done something a little bit brave because they yeah. might say, oh, that was nothing because everybody else does it better than me. Yeah. Kind of say, yeah, but the last time you did that and this time it was like even we were in like Tato Park last week and even just getting on a on you know one of the rides and it's like you did really well to to do that you know and and like a reward can just be telling them you know you did really well do you know yeah yeah, yeah. I love that. I I heard, I read actually, you know, Glennon Doyle. The, yeah, I love her. Yeah, she's great. Um, she's, um, just for anyone who doesn't know, she's an author and kind of a, I don't know, she's like an inspirational, motivational speaker type person. Um, but she said that she'd overheard a parent in, um, I think it was in a in an amusement park. Yeah. And the, the kids said to him, oh, everyone's so brave going on the roller coaster. And he said, yeah, but it was brave of you to say that you didn't want to. Yes. And she was saying that she thought that was really beautiful. And I, and I thought, yeah, because... All bravery should be rewarded. Yeah. And there is a bravery in having the confidence to say, I don't want to do what everybody else is doing or I'm not ready. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I, t- that, I think that's lovely. I think it's so true. If your body is telling you that this is too much of a threat, this is too much of a step, then then let, we can't just push people. You, you, you wouldn't just throw your child into a swimming pool if they were afraid of the pool. Yeah. You would very slowly lead up to it. Yeah. Because if you flood them with, you know, and then they're, they're just going to freak out and never do it again. Yeah. So you're totally right there. Okay. Well, I'm I'm not right there. Yeah. I think Glenn Doyle is right. She's so cool. <laughs> well, look. Thank you so much. I think you've yeah. offered some great advice this morning. That's Dr. Mally Coyne. Uh, she is clinical psychologist and the author of Love In, Love A, Love Out. Excuse me. A compassionate approach to parenting your anxious child. Thank you so much. Thank Mally. you so much. Thank you. Louise McSherry on 2FM.